0: G'day guys, welcome to 6 Points Coaching, the podcast. We're going to keep this one short and sweet. It's only about 20 minutes this one. Uh, We're just chatting a little bit about what happened last week in the AFL between Melbourne and Carlton and GWS and Port Adelaide. And then we give a little bit of a preview in our tips for this coming week. So obviously tonight is GWS versus Collingwood and then tomorrow night is Brisbane v Carlton. We're really excited about it all. I'm really excited. Get confident Brisbane are gonna get the job done. So anyway, let's not waste any more time. We'll get straight into it and we'll see you on the other side. Hey mate. Hey, how are we doing? Yeah, good, mate. I, like my team's still playing, your team isn't, so I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling about Melbourne, mate? Last time we chatted,
1: I kind of said, Oh, I don't know if Melbourne are gonna make it. And mm-hmm. um Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was the one that was Less on the Melbourne Bankland. You you were you thought that they should be able to beat both the teams, really. I mean, well, I figured that you, they
0: should have, but um, I was saying that their accuracy was a big concern. Yeah, the accuracy.
1: Yeah, yeah and yeah, uh, I, and I did say that uh, that they were going to have fewer behinds or fewer goals than behinds.
0: Yeah, I think we're both on the money there. I was also thinking that the Brayshaw thing might have still been on their minds and it might have affected the way they played. But that, I think that what sounds kind of wild.
1: Up, that final final play where they gave up the last goal that the analysis that I've seen of that and the video from the goal posts is just like they basically vacated the whole <laughs> 50 like you're you're ahead by five points and you're the best defensive team in the in the competition and you just all waltz out of there and only Fritch was was left behind like how, how does that even happen it makes no sense Fritch is obviously on the wrong side of the field as well so
0: okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it made no sense whatsoever. Speaking of which, though, like, I, um, I, was obviously, I, was, I was going for Carlton. Uh, what I wanted from a Brisbane fan perspective was a really tight game, a game where both teams are going to be battered and bruised and really struggling to get up for the next week kind of thing. Obviously, they've got the extra day break because the Brisbane game's on the Saturday, but I was thinking, just I don't care who wins. I just want it to be such a struggle of a match that they're tired and fatigued. Mm-hmm. Coming into prelims. Um, but I was also like, I'm not the biggest fan of Melbourne, obviously. I'll I go for them to support you, mate, rather than going for them to support them, you know. But Blake Akers, um, I went to high school with, we both went to Woodvale Senior High and um, it's not like we were close or anything, but it was kind of nice to see him be the one who kicked the winning goal. Um, but in those last five minutes, or two, I was getting really frustrated with Sam Walsh. I find him, he gets the footy a lot. But he doesn't, he doesn't use it well. Like, um, in those last five minutes, I think that Carlton actually had multiple chances to kick multiple goals, but he kept on turning it over at very important stages. Um, don't get me wrong, it might have just been a bad five-minute window. But that right. was my big takeaway from that, that game, was just Sam Walsh um, seems to crumble at the moment when it comes to the real heat and pressure moment of a game. Like, you know, it was a do-or-die final. Sure, he can go and hunt the foot and get it, but his execution really let him down. And I think that Carlton really could have won by two goals by the end of the game if right. if he had a bit of class. Like Obviously, everyone starts <clears throat> pardon me, starts off young, but I don't see Lockie Neal making those kind of mistakes under pressure at the moment. And you mm-hmm. know, Zach Butters is a lot cleaner than Walsh. So I think Walsh is he's good, but he's got a bit of room to grow still for sure.
1: Yeah, so the... The Melbourne game went basically as I expected. You know, it was just kinda kinda frustrating just watching them miss all the goals. It's just like how how many times do we just have to go through this? And then of course how we're delivering the ball inside the fifty, that that's a big huge thing that they're all of the analysts are yelling about. Like all we do is just bomb it in long. We never mm. we're never passing the ball. And it's not like they have a big key forward that if you do bomb it in that they can
0: jump at it. Like Ben Brown probably is that that best option for them, but they're not right. using
1: him. And Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the stunning stat was the, the week before when they had the 69 entries against Collingwood and the st- statisticians say there's like 230 games where a, a team has had 69 or more inside fifties. And the average score from a team that had that many inside fifties was like 120. <laughs> and we only got 55 or something. Oh like that. my days. Yeah. So,
0: that was, that was risky. That was, yeah. That's alarming. Yeah.
1: yeah, so, so that that type of stuff is fun to always be on the on the flip side of the, what the stats say you should be at. But yeah, if all you're doing is just kicking it in there and hoping that you're going to get a contest that that then Kazi can pick up and and get some type of crazy snap like that's once in a hundred event. So yeah, that's basically what we're going for. What do you think about Kazi Puka? Because he, he he missed a couple, but he also gave away a yeah. couple of fifty meter penalties. Um, yeah. And, I know you you mentioned that uh, I think in our text message that about his fifties. I didn't notice all the fifties until the replay, the highlight replay, and like, yeah, I didn't realize he'd given away such, so many. I knew that he I knew that he nailed the the one guy. He nailed Crips. I knew he nailed him, but I didn't see him hit the other guy later. And yeah. then, um, and then of course the just dumb fifty meter penalties, walking in front of the the man on the mark situation. So. Yeah, obviously that's frustrating. And then the the promise of, of his highs versus, you know, just if he's out there not doing – if he's not doing what Charlie Cameron's doing, then he's not worth the price that we're probably paying him.
0: Yeah, I think, like, yeah, you, it's all well and good having these – I think one of the snaps he did kick was, like, one of those very typical snaps that he – you know, those Aboriginal players do, you know, swivel on their, their balancing leg very quickly and sharply and can kick mm-hmm. a goal from – in a, you know an awkward angle you know charlie cameron he doesn't have those kind of uh, relapses of his focus or you know doesn't mm-hmm. do silly behavior things you know and there's dan rioli for example you know very professional in the way he goes about it and stuff whereas i find cosy is one of those that seems to struggle with that um he's a bit of a, a maverick um mm-hmm. sometimes and Yeah, like you said, the the pros of what he brings is good, but the negatives are they just as evenly on the other side,
1: you know? What is is he now, like maybe 22? Yeah. uh, I I think I'll stick with him a couple more years, see if he can uh, figure out the...
0: The balance. Yeah,
1: the the balance of... Yeah, that's the thing. He's got huge potential. He just needs
0: to... Yeah, like the coaching staff need to be a bit more harsh on him because, yeah, you can't be having that. And the sooner he gets wake that the wake up call, the better I think, so that he can have mm-hmm. hopefully ten years left in him where he's playing very consistent footy and he's right. yeah under control of his uh, emotions. Uh, yeah. So the GWS Port Adelaide game um, went exactly how I hoped in the sense that I wanted it to be much more free flowing than the Carlton Melbourne game because I wanted whoever to verse Collingwood to be as fresh as possible and right. And GWS, once they got that lead, they quite comfortably held it and Mm -hmm. they played a very outside-of-the-contest style of football, which gave them space to use the ball and they didn't get tackled as often as obviously the Carlton and Melbourne players did. So um, I'm hoping that means they can go up to um, the MCG uh, tonight and – um, take Collingwood <laughs> down. Uh, I hope that they can mm-hmm. win and then it be a non-Victorian grand final, which would be nice. Because otherwise, Brisbane at MCG is something that I'm still a bit concerned about. So, right, yeah, the GWS game went the way I was hoping for. Um, but yeah, I still think that they're, them in Port Adelaide are still a league below um, Collingwood and Brisbane, in my opinion. And Carlton to a similar extent. Um, I think the class of Collingwood and Brisbane is just too high. But I'm just hoping that. GWS can compete well and hopefully pull for a miracle win.
1: Right, think GWS looks like the bulldogs of 2016. You think they can do something like that coming from outside of the top four? Are they? Well, they've already just uh, the thing they've already overachieved.
0: They've already done an yeah. amazing job to come from eighth, and they only came in eighth in the last week of the season as well by mm-hmm. beating Carlton. Like they push bulldogs out. So I think that yeah, they've definitely overachieved. I'm surprised that they have gotten this far. I think that their game plan is good for the talent they've gotten all that. I just think that Brisbane or Collingwood are too too good. Mm-hmm. I'm very, um, I shouldn't be so confident, but I am quite confident in Brisbane this year. I actually think that they're like they've beaten Collingwood twice this season, once at the Gabba by a big margin, and once at um, Marvel Stadium by over twenty points. Um, obviously Marvel stadiums, not MCG, but right. I do think, yeah, Brisbane have, have had the better of Collingwood and yeah.
1: And I just, I'm not really feeling Collingwood. Like they still, you know, they, the demons should have beat them. Like there's no reason that they should really be sitting where they are mm. based off that first game. They didn't really put it to the demons or anything. And the demons just didn't do anything.
0: Yeah. And I think yeah. if you look at the last four games or five games that, each team's played, you know. GWS is the most informed side. Um, Carlton and um, Brisbane have, you know, won quite a bit in the last four or five games that they've played. And Collingwood though has been up and down a little bit because of the injuries that they've had. Um, there's a big talk about, you know, Nick Dacos coming back tonight, which which will be exciting for him, um, so that he can finish off a season that he he's starting nice. incredibly well with, but. I don't know if you can view him as a saviour or anything like that. I think that right. coming off an injury that's lasted six weeks or something is a um, no simple thing to just say, oh, yeah, cool, let's get straight back to exactly where we left off. I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. So um, I just hope that Collingwood fans don't then you know expect him to get 40 disposals at 85% disposal efficiency and kick two goals. Mm-hmm. I hope they expect him to get 20 touches and a pretty good disposal efficiency and probably if he gets a goal, that'll be even better. But, yeah, I just don't think that he needs to feel like he's carrying the world on his shoulders. Right. Uh, It'll be interesting. I'm excited for tonight's game. I I, I genuinely don't know how it's going to go. Like, I think um, I want GWS to win for Brisbane's sake, but at the same time, Collingwood are very exciting when they are on and if they do bring their A game, they could absolutely wipe the floor with
1: GWS, so... So what's the completely non-Melbourne grand final? What's, uh, when's the last time something like that has happened? Has there been one?
0: Uh, yeah, like the... Well, back in 2005 and 2006 was West Coast versus Sydney. Since then, it's been dominated by Hawthorne and Richmond and Geelong and that. So there's always been someone. Yeah, 2004 was Brisbane... The Port Adelaide 2005 with West Coast versus Sydney 2006 was West Coast, Sydney. So, like, there was a period there where there was a, it few- was a little
1: pocket, yeah,
0: yeah. But I think after that, I can't think of any time where there wasn't a Melbourne based side in there. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, I like, obviously the <laughs> AFL will hate it because yeah. they want to make you know all the money for their members, but oh, how much better would it be just to? <laughs> have it have the mcgs a neutral ground for once mm-hmm. you know and like both teams it's just purely on talent there's no home ground advantage no we we play here every you know every week of the year
1: oh we I have think. an extra hundred thousand people just waiting to get in all that kind of stuff
0: yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. like I, I i do hope it's going to be a brisbane gws i just put it this i, I know i sound a bit arrogant maybe or a bit confident but i, I just think this is brisbane this is this is the year, mate. Like I'm. So... It,
1: it definitely. I mean, of, of the teams that are left and the way they're playing in the finals. I mean, yeah, they they definitely feel like the most solid team. Yeah. So aside from that, how do they lose the game?
0: oh, if they lose, if Brisbane lose, it's it's well, if you don't yeah, have like... any influence from Joe Danaher, Eric Hipwood, or yeah, those two. If they don't fire. Like, we don't expect them each to get five goals or anything, bro. Expect them to just be accurate with the footy. So if Joe can kick two goals and not five behinds, and if Eric can kick two goals and stuff like that, and Charlie kicks two or three goals, then I'm sure we can get one goal from uh, Zach Bailey, one goal from Link McCarthy, one goal from Cam Mm Rayner. You know, all of a sudden you've got yourself a 10-goal game, at least as it is, and then you get, um, yeah, maybe Joe or... Charlie Cameron to step it up a little notch and they might have a three or four goal game and then we're winning it. So, but if you see that Joe misses the first two shots on goal and they're easy shots, then you're like, okay, Brisbane are going to struggle. Um, like
1: right from the top of the goal square,
0: <laughs> Yeah, like he did that time. Um, yeah, so I think, I think it can be won and lost at the hand of Joe uh, Danaher and uh, Eric Hipwood. Yeah, if they're inaccurate, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. With Jack Payne getting out from a foot injury, Darcy Gardner comes in. And Darcy Gardner, this is his first year that he's kind of not been really in the side because Jack Payne's played so well. But he was was in the Lions squad for the last number of years and he's been a consistent defender. So it's not that I'm doubting his ability to do his job. It's just that Jack Payne does create that little bit of extra attack from defence. Like he does take more intercept marks than... Darcy Gardner, and his kick is a lot more attacking than Darcy Gardner, So I think that um, that might be a component where opposition teams might be able to cut off um, Darcy Gardner's release from defence a bit better. Um, so is
1: Daniel Rich just completely out of the side? Is he injured again or just not being selected anymore? I
0: think he's just not being selected, which is very disappointing. Like we've talked about in the past, he's kind of like a Nathan Jones example. Um, I would have loved for him to have a premiership medal after... Been drafted in 2008, I think it was, and starting in 2009. So it's been a long long period of time that he's been at the club and not seen much success. So,
1: yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm talking to my guys here about, you know, what do they know about NFL, who gets rings in NFL and who gets rings in NBA? Because it's never been a point of contention here as to like, oh, that's that's really sad for that player that got hurt. Now he's not going to be known as a person that was on the championship team. Hmm. because we still do consider him part of the championship team. So I was reading this morning about oddities in the American system where we go way far the other way. So in basketball is like an 85 game season, right? So there's a a guy a few years back when Golden State um played Cleveland in the championship and Cleveland won, one of the players that was on Golden State had played for Cleveland for 30 games. So had he so if Cleveland wins, they're going to offer him a ring because he was part of their team he but he was traded after thirty games and he was traded to Golden State oh, and golden right. State, yeah, is playing, so they even did an article beforehand like he's it's the perfect hedge, he automatically gets a ring either way, so yeah, right okay and then Cleveland did win that one it was one of the ones that LeBron took over, and
0: was that then, guy playing in the
1: in... He was playing. He was, he was playing for Golden State, yeah. and so he his team lost. And Cleveland did offer him the ring, and he did deny it. So good for him. You know, like I wasn't on that team. I'm not going to take it. I was more. Yeah. And I'm I'm standing by Golden State. And then the next season, he played 14 games for Golden State, and then actually got traded to the Portland Trailblazers, my team or my local team anyway. And, and then Golden State, State won. won. <laughs> And then they offered him the ring for being on the team for the 14 games. And he took it this time. So he does have one championship ring, even though he was never actually really he was more a part of the losing Golden State team than he was either of the actual championship teams that he got offered rings for.
0: Yes. So
1: obviously that's that's a really, really ridiculous one. Like I don't expect some guy that's played less, you know, only twenty percent of the games for the season and had nothing to do with the playoffs to be gifted a ring. But on the other end, somebody who's played half of the season and you know played yeah. a couple of playoffs games and then got hurt in a final or something like that, then to just be like erased from the history books is, is kind of wild too. So.
0: Yeah, I think the, the difference like there is we don't have mid-season trades in the AFL, so that wouldn't happen. It would just mm-hmm. be purely if they got injured or omitted from the squad for a coaching decision.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but... because I know on with with Barrage the the lead into that podcast that I sent you it's like he'll tell you all about the 91 grand final except for that he was dropped after the prelims is the way that they uh, lead him into the show right yeah so not part of the grand final team but yeah he so was he's there recognized as that that guy that yeah. missed out <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I um I can see the argument or the discussion around Everyone in that squad in the AFL, because we don't have mid-season trades, if you played a minimum of, let's say, five games for the season, I don't know if you can actually put a minimum on it. Because what happens if you play the first game and then you blow out your ACL or whatever? Like, right. So let's say you, you you played at least one game that season. You could be acknowledged as a premiership player if you your squad won it. Or do you say if you played finals, but like regardless of if you played in the grand final or not, if you played in the finals, maybe you get awarded, or maybe that's a cutoff. I, right, but yeah, I don't know. Like, do you then start saying, well, do we award the VFL players that didn't play, but they we, they're still important members of our squad? Because what happens if someone did get injured and we might have needed to call upon them? Right. You know, so where that, do you that's what. I don't
1: know. It just like we've washed it out so much that it doesn't mean anything. But you guys are so strict on who it who it belongs to that it's can be heart wrenching to yeah. see some of those players that should have been a part of it, see, or, yeah. or have have at least an argument that hey, I was a, I was an integral part of getting us to the finals, and then unfortunately, you know, I yeah. broke down. But. You
0: hear about it every year. Like I remember the Eagles in 2018 had Brad Shepherd miss out and he was the guy that went through the entire last however many years with Eagles being super durable but seen, being super influential to their defence, and then he got injured right before finals or right before the grand final, I can't remember, and he missed out, and he's now not a premiership player.
1: Yeah, just just like Nathan Jones from Melbourne, yeah. you know, he was on the team in 21 but just isn't enough to really be part of the 23, so...
0: Yeah, exactly, so... There's a value in saying you're a premiership player as in you played on grand final day and were part of the mm-hmm. winning team. But I also th- think there is value in saying, hey, you're part of the premiership squad, but still distinguishing those two is probably something mm-hmm. that could be done.
1: Yeah. The Marlin Pickett one is kind of interesting because he you know, gets called up for the grand final, his first game. Yeah, exactly. De- debuts in the grand final then. So what like let's let's talk about your tips then like what are you genuinely
0: thinking's going to unfold tonight and tomorrow
1: I saw that the the money keeps on stacking up on on the lions no matter how big the spread gets and i think the lions like are locked to win basically i don't see carlton
0: mm.
1: beating them you know something really has to fall off the rails for carlton to score enough points to take out the Lions. At at the GABA they've lost they've lost like four or five games in the past five or six years, something like that. So yeah. I don't see how it happens. But uh but the point spread keeps on getting bigger. It's like over twenty now. So it's amazing how the the betting public thinks that no matter how big the point spread is they're gonna go on the lions. So I I think I think Carlton can keep it close, but I just don't see how they get that extra two goals or whatever that they're gonna need to to hmm. get over the top, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I just hope it's going to be a good game because I have friends coming over to watch. So <laughs> <All right. laughs> I just don't want to. Do, I don't want it to be a hundred point game, you know. So, but I I fear that it could go that way if the Lions are just going crazy and and what about tonight? Yeah, it's it's, it's just <laughs> tough to, tough to see where Carlton can get any goals. You know, like Harry Mackay is supposedly back now, but I imagine mm-hmm. tonight's going to be a, an amazing game to watch. I I don't see Giants getting blown out mm. you know it's just do they have enough can they run with them all I mean the Giants are still the the best fourth quarter team for the last 10 weeks or something like that so yeah it's I, gonna
0: th- be... I think it's gonna be a very tough game like you're saying and like you said the mm-hmm. fourth quarter Collingwood have been a bit hit and miss coming into fourth quarters throughout the whole season and GWS like you said have been very good in fourth quarters so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a wild game I reckon Steven Cornelio played really well last week against Port Adelaide and Josh Kelly kicked a couple of goals as a silky midfielder mm-hmm. as well. So I think they've got enough class to match Collingwood. And, yeah, I, I, as much as I said, I don't want to put any pressure on Nick Dacos because he's coming off injury, but he and Josh Dacos could actually be the difference because they're the ones that have that
1: extra level of magic. I just don't see Collingwood putting that many points on them but well Collingwood have struggled to win by big
0: margins anyway so even if you're saying oh well Collingwood's definitely going to win they're probably only going to win between
1: one and 15 points so I really want GWS to win I don't know I think they're exciting I mean I, I think Collingwood's really exciting but I just I don't know there's something something extra that GWS shows me
0: yeah and it's just that cool story coming from eighth getting to the grand final and then getting embarrassed mm-hmm. against Brisbane <laughs> yeah <laughs> Regardless, mate, it's going to be an exciting game tonight. It's going to be like I'm very excited for tomorrow's game with Brisbane. Have we got anything else we want to talk about before um, heading off?
1: No, not really. What so? What's it like at the Hurley household tonight? You?
0: Yeah, tonight is. Um, I think we've got some. My wife cooks the best spaghetti bolognese that I've ever experienced. I um. I've got into trouble a few times because I've told Italians that they need to try my wife's spaghetti bolognese <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's so embarrassed by me saying that but i'm like well yeah but like they should know if it's good or not or if i'm just being right. you know so but no italian's ever tasted her spaghetti
1: bolognese but anyway so <laughs> we've not
0: we're having that tonight and um and then we'll just sit back and watch the game
1: well take care and enjoy and hopefully the lions get up and nobody gets hurt and That's you have easy. a good grand final
0: yeah cheers mate Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. hope you guys have an awesome weekend watching the footy tonight. Go to the Brizzy Lions. Remember to like and subscribe to 6 Points Coaching the podcast and hit the bell button if you're on Spotify. Share it with your friends who love footy. And yes, once again, up the Brizzy Lions.